Hi, this is Elliot, host of Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and check out our Facebook page for all of the latest updates. If I could ask a small favour, please could you subscribe and review our show on iTunes. By doing this, you'll be helping us reach a wider audience and have a greater impact by challenging perceptions and encouraging people to live a more conscious life. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh. Powerful conversations helping you reconnect with your purpose. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guest today is Angel Anderson. Angel is an entrepreneur and recently founder of Smarketing Solutions, a company that provides sales and marketing solutions for businesses that are selling or want to sell online. You're also a YouTuber, an area director of Toastmasters, and you've recently retired from the United States Air Force. Angel, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here, my friend. The pleasure is all mine, Elliot. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> it's really great to have you here. Thank I've you, really Dave. enjoyed spending time with you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm looking, looking forward to, to digging deep with you. Let's do it. <laughs> Excellent. So I suppose that the best way um, that I like to start is really, I suppose, if you can tell us about, uh, you know, generally your, your background, you know, where you grew up, um, you know, maybe what you were like and, and yeah. The whole, the whole nine yards. The whole nine yards, from, <laughs> from the beginning to end. Born and raised in Puerto Rico. I love my island. My mom, my mom did a great job to, we're a small family. My dad died when I was two years old. My mom really? was nine months pregnant. She worked to make sure we had everything we needed uh, and gave us a great example. Mm -hmm. I, have, I still have my grandparents alive. I have two aunts and one sister. That's it. They, my grandparents are saints. It, they just, they raised me for the most part because my mom worked. As a kid, I was a troublemaker. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I just got in trouble all the time. Not because of a bad example in my family. My family don't even go, no bad words, no over the speed limit, no smoking, no drink, you know, it's just nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. But with time, I think I was finding myself. I started cutting grass, washing cars, delivering pizza. I always had this need to be doing something, which probably why I got in trouble quite often. Racing hmm. cars, racing horses. <laughs> motorcycles, cars were my mom, motorcycle actually my mom didn't like motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And eventually I, in my, when I was in 11th grade, I wanted to build a business. I knew what I wanted to do. And I had this opportunity to buy a car and sell it in parts. And I went to my mom and I said, mom, I have this car that I can buy, I will pay you back. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay you back in a week. And she gave me the money, <laughs> no questions asked. We went, pick up the car, and we sold the car in pieces. And we, I made a boatload of money, a lot of money for somebody who was in 11th in grade. And I, keep, I pay my mom back, and I keep doing it again and again. Wow. And that's how I, I was financing my street racing. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like something out of the Fast and the Furious. So, so if you watch that movie, when I grew up in Puerto Rico, it was exactly like that. People went to the, the street Monday. 
typically you only found me in my house on Thursdays. Every other day, you have, there was this spot, this gas station where everybody met. And then they cast the races. Then the two racers stop in the stoplight. Everybody just down the road watching the, the light post turn green and everybody just burn out tired. <laughs> exactly like that. Oh Obviously, that's not legal. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's how you grew up. And it, whether it was the quarter mile or sand drags, any boat, fast boats, everything that was fast. But long story short, in 12th grade, I fell in love and I wanted to live a different life, a life more calm. And that's when I joined the military. I, want, I wanted okay. to do something different. I, I knew if I stayed in that path, nothing good will come out of it. Yeah. Nothing good. And I have a couple of friends that nothing good came <laughs> out of it. Yeah. So I joined and oddly enough, I start in my first base, in my first station, I started buying and flipping cars. So I knew it, I had that bug that and something more. I feel like I was meant to do something more. I bought a bunch of cars, one at a time. And so I went from Virginia to Washington DC, bought a car in action, drove to Virginia, sold it, and then the next week I did the exact same thing again and again and again for a year and a half. Wow. At that point, they moved me to Alaska. And the, you know, between moving, you have to start again and again. That's the, the thing with the military. So at, at that point, I decided I was going to get out. I, I was going to do my business full time. But I opened a computer store in Alaska. That's actually my background. And a lot of people don't know my background mm. is actually networking and computers. Mm. So I had a computer store. I worked the mid-shift, which is 12 to 7 a.m., got home, took a shower, changed, and worked the store until three or four, took, went to sleep, and then I did that for three years. But when I left Alaska, I had one more year left, mm -hmm. and I was gonna get out. They moved me, moved me from Alaska to Florida, and the income wasn't the same. So going from a, a lot of income to losing it like this caused me a lot of problems in my relationship, we were used to spending, to eating out, to buying things. And eventually I split ways with that person. Mm -hmm. But also taught me a lesson. The internet is there. <laughs> I can do what I love to do, but without a physical location. So eventually I got out, went to Puerto Rico. And with a friend of mine, he owned a computer store. And we had an agreement that he was going to do clients and I was going to do businesses. So backups, networks, et cetera, et cetera. Needless to say that six months later, I had orders to come back to the military. Uh -huh. <laughs> I lost every single cent that I made through all my years in, in business, every single cent. Oh my, 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 my wife, Noelia, she's a witness because we, she went with me to buy a not a lot of people know this either. I'm giving you secrets. <laughs> ah, come on. <laughs> that whiskey's worked a treat. <laughs> so not a lot of people know this. There are a few that know. 
but I went with my wife to buy an ISP, an internet service provider in Puerto Rico with all my money that I had saved through all these years that provided internet to the whole west coast of mm -hmm. Puerto Rico. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I lost that opportunity. Mainly the clients were in our hometown, but in a sense we were expand. We were going to expand to that to that whole west coast because yeah. the line, the trunk line, um, went through that through that area. However, came back to the uh, military, got stationed in Las Vegas, and because I didn't have the military income is not that great. It, you know, it's it's good. And you can make a, a good living out of it. Mm -hmm. But when you're used to more, it hurts. It burns your pocket. You're limited to the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. So I opened a store online. I went back to the internet. <laughs> the store was named wildshopping.com. And we were flipping even toilet paper. <laughs> Elio, when I tell you toilet paper, people were buying in 2000. Three in 2004, we were making about, well, can we say numbers Yeah, here? sure, yeah, yeah. We were making above $20,000 a month no selling way. toilet papers, uh, handbags from the outlets. One point in like April, coffee cans became really popular. Like anything we found on clearance, we were flipping. Oh my God. But my wife is not an entrepreneur. She mm -hmm. loved pharmacy work, and that was causing us problems between the chipping, the labels, and being behind on, you name it. We were having issues, and I needed to put her first yeah, because I wasn't going to get divorced a second time. <laughs> Trust me on that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I got lucky that Jägermeister bought that domain name. So somehow a broker approached, and they made an offer, 15300 and I said, yes. And I took a small break. And then I went to teach eBay. And I bought a domain name called noebay.com. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got sued by eBay. Seriously? Yeah, I'm not really? allowed on eBay for, for life. No way, seriously? Yes, because I told them to shove it. <laughs> so, yeah, a few oh people know that God. story. Basically, I was barbecuing at home. And somebody came up and said, you're in your London zone. And I was drinking. And I'm like, oh, yeah. He said, you've been served. I'm like, what? Like the movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the funny thing is, back then, eBay had this university. I don't know if they do now because I honestly haven't looked. Mm -hmm. That they certify instructors. And the instructor taught how to sell on eBay. So what happened is, with wild shopping, we were selling really good, but we finalized the orders on the website and we started getting a lot of traffic mm -hmm. because the orders were finalized on the website, but that's against the terms and service. You have to finalize the orders in there. Long story short, the actual problem became with uh, the name, K-N-O-W-E-B-A.com, noebay.com. Uh, that was the domain name. Uh, so I, you know, I got, I study marketing. I love what I do. I live in, in Las Vegas for nine years D doing website. You know, what I do while still in the service. Eventually, I got a degree in marketing and public relationships. I moved after Las Vegas. I got orders to, uh, to come here in England. 
Oh, okay. Uh, but that was at my 16-year mark, so I knew that this England was going to be my last four years. Okay. I, I was ready to get out one more time, mm-hmm. but, I, you know, living in Europe for somebody from the Caribbean, you know, a lot of people don't know that Puerto Rico is only 110 miles long by 35 wide. So from, from coming from Puerto Rico, joining the military, not speaking English at all, yeah. And now been having the opportunity to live at least four years in Europe to travel the world. Mm-hmm. So that's what been, we've been doing. Eventually, you know, I still work on my business, uh, education-wise. I And I skip a lot, you know, because if we get into details, we would be here for three hours, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and while I was in Alaska, before I got out, I got certified in, in Webmaster, A+, Net+. Plus. Uh, I got, took wireless cl- uh, certifications, mm-hmm. so that's actually my background. That's why I went to the, open the computer store. But mm-hmm. eventually, that's how I got to England. Okay, yeah. wow, that's a great story. <laughs> I love that. There's so much of, of that I obviously wouldn't have known about you, um, but it's really it's it's fascinating to hear. So, how much of a challenge was it for you to have to learn a new language coming to a new country? So, I thought it was easy. <laughs> What a lot of people don't realize is when you learn English or any language with, so I learned English with maintainers, people that fix mechanics. Okay, mechanics. yes, yeah. Not, not the Queen's English. <laughs> so it's FDs, shit that, and UMA, UD, so it's a lot of bad words mm-hmm. and Pretty much, that was my upbring, my learning curve yes, in English. Yeah. So I, that was the norm. My first immediate supervisor was from New York, and they speak really broken English. And then my my immediate coworker was from Georgia. They mumble, mm. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I didn't speak English at all, and I didn't understand what they were. Neither neither of them were saying. To, on top of that, people don't correct you. They didn't, they didn't correct me. Okay. So when I said something backwards or wrong, they knew, understood what I wanted to say, but they knew it was wrong. They didn't correct me because they didn't want me to get offended. Hmm. Uh, anyhow, when I came to the realization that I, it, I wasn't getting better, I started listening to AM radio. I, uh, I didn't press two for Spanish. I didn't listen to Spanish music or TV. And that's how I actually got better. And actually, when my wife moved to Las Vegas, I she knows, uh, a lot of people know that when she pressed two, I, ma- I made a big deal. Like, don't press, you know, we have to get better. Yeah. If we're here, we have to make an effort to yes. get better. Yeah. However, eventually, while I was in Vegas, I became an instructor. And even though that I, it was so... 12 years in the military by then, my English wasn't, you know, I have a thick accent, but it wasn't there yet. And I'm, me, I'm teaching people. And I'm, I remember like, like today, the first time I taught a class, an actual class, I have the evaluator in the back, like writing, like checking his head, like, and I'm like, yes, I'm nailing it. Hmm. When the students left, he's like, man. You can't say this, you can't do that, you can't say bad words. <laughs> but that's how, when I turned to Toastmasters. Ah, that's right, when I okay. turned to Toastmasters. Yeah. And eventually, you know, uh, I would practice because all is with practice and feedback. Yeah. Then I got better. Okay. How, how much of an influence on you has, has Toastmasters had? A lot. Yeah. And Toastmasters 
if you find the right club okay. that you feel comfortable, mm -hmm. they will get you out of your comfort zone and you will start speaking non-verbal and verbal way better than ever before. They went with that before you join in Toastmasters. Yeah. I definitely endorse the organization. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely endorse. However, if you go and you don't want to join, my advice, do table topics mm -hmm. all night long. Do as many table topics as you can, which is it's impromptu speaking, mm -hmm. but the whole idea is to get to get feedback. Mm -hmm. And you've had awards from, from doing that as well. The first award that you get or certification is called competent communicator, but you can do two tracks. You can do communication and leadership. However, that's changing. Uh, there is a new pro educational program called Pathway. It's not fully implemented in the UK yet, started in the US, but the, the one that is right now, you are two separate tracks, com uh, communication and leadership. To get competent communicator, you have to do 10 projects, mm -hmm. and then they submit you for the award and for the leadership as well. Then when you finish that, you can go for the advanced. So you do advanced communicator, bronze, silver, gold, and then DTM, which is Distinguished Toastmaster. Okay. And uh, in the advanced, you get to pick the projects that you wanna do. Uh, I did in the advanced, communicating on video, persuasion, uh, I did storytelling, on the leadership one, you get you have conflict resolution, feedback. You have all different high performance leadership. is a whole track about creating uh, creating an actual pro, uh, project to solve a specific problem in an organization. There is really good, mm -hmm. yeah. And you can get give back to the community. Yeah, nice, excellent. So I mean, obviously your your tenure with the U.S. Air Force is is coming to a, an end or has come to an end. Um, <laughs> how does it feel now that you've left? And I, I suppose, how has being a part of that influenced how you are and, and maybe your worldview? I don't care too much about politics. So in that point, it's not influencing me in any way. Mm -hmm. I. In the military, you have to follow orders. You gotta say what you gotta do. What the president says. Bottom line, mm -hmm. that's you, what you sign up for. How challenging have you found that? It could, be, and sometimes you don't agree with things, but you still have to execute them. The military is the only uh, in the United States is the only uh, branch that can ask you to die for your country. Oof. So. Wow. I know no policemen, no fire, firemen. Firemen can say, I'm not going inside that fire. But if you are given an order to go over there and do something, you have to follow the order. You got to do, but the likelihood that you're coming back most likely is. Yeah. And, and, and that is hard sometimes, but you know that you're doing it for a greater cause. You're doing it. And, and, the, the way I overcame some of these challenges, that I, internal, ch internal challenges, is that I gave the person the benefit of the doubt. Not the benefit of the doubt, they know something that I don't know. Okay. So we, ha we, we say a phrase that is above my pay grade. Hmm. So when it's above your pay grade, you don't know. The challenge with today's society is that they 
feel that they need to know everything that is going on. Yeah. And you don't need to know what's going on. Why you need to know? Why, what, yeah. what benefit or what can you do with that information? And then the answer is nine times out of 10 because I need to know, no. <laughs> You're filling your brain with stuff that is useless to you at that point. Why you need to know why you need to know is if, if it's raining if you're not going outside. <laughs> but I found that I find that a lot of people fill their brain with information that is useless to them, just because they want to know more. And that was and that was I became to that realization when I started studying like high performance leaders like Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, t- people like that that they use the same clothes every day. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not because they are lazy, it's because they are minimizing decision decision making, yeah. the, the use of that muscle to only use it when it matters. Mm-hmm. But the, I meet a lot of people, smart people, intelligent people, that they fill the brain with useless information mm. and then at the end of the day they are exhausted. Uh, but to answer, to go back to answer the question, how it shaped me, because I didn't answer that part. The whiskey's good, by the way. <laughs> is that, uh, so the, the military has a couple things that are really good. Mm-hmm. From an early age, the Air Force, from an early age, you are put in charge of a lot of equipment, money, uh, resources, and sometimes personnel. So you are becoming a manager at a really fast, quick and fast and a hurry and a leader, you're gonna make mistakes. If you have good mentors, they're gonna correct you, but at an early age, you are being, res- you become responsible for something that before you weren't 18, you probably only were responsible for your underwear. <laughs> In that sense, I grew up really fast. Yes. The leadership part is really awesome. I think a lot of people need to study more leadership uh, in the same, because you need to both, first you need to know how to follow in order to lead, but mm-hmm. leadership is great as to minimize you wasting your time. I, I find that lately my realization with most of the things that I do is about productivity and time management, not mm-hmm. me wasting my time. Another lesson was the biggest one, if I have to take one from the Air Force, is them teaching me what is called rapid improvement events. So that is is a lean, it's lean Six Sigma. Yeah, okay. That's all it is. We do events throughout the Air Force and we go to a section and we streamline it. And a lot of people don't take what they learn in these classes into into their personal life, but I did, I took it to heart. Do I have to go, do I have to buy that toilet paper? Or can that toilet paper come to my house? <laughs> so yeah. can, I, can I eliminate the step of me going to the grocery store? That step is not necessary. With that said, there is a lot of things that you and I do, a lot of steps that we take that are not necessary. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, we are like, oh, I wish I had more time. So why you took an hour to drive from your house 
to go to the comedy, uh, to the grocery store to find what you're looking for, buy stuff that you didn't need, to be online, to drive back, because I needed that toilet paper, order it on Amazon. <laughs> Better yet, put it on out of safe and subscribe, so every six months, every three months, it comes mm -hmm. to your house. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things that you and I do, whether it's business or personal, that I mean steps that yes. we don't need to do, yeah. but then we wish we had more time. Yeah. So, but when did you decide that you would value the time that you have to that extent that you would think about that? I think it started in 2006 when I published, before I published the book. I published a book called Mas Tiempo about, uh, Mas Tiempo means more time, more time with your loved one with, for the things that you want to do. So it wasn't a okay. time management book about teaching you how to prioritize your day, but it was more about valuing your time. Mm. I found myself saying a lot. I don't have time. I wish I had more time to do this or do that. Hmm. But when I did an inventory, I found that I was watching 28 hours of TV a week. That's a part-time job for a lot of people. Yeah. And <laughs> so the first thing I ask people to do is a time inventory and, and you will find what I call time, time vampires. Things that suck the time out of you yeah. that you don't get it back, which is whether it's angel calling you uh, five times a day, where is somebody chit-chatting you, things that you sometimes don't take for granted, mm -hmm. and then you just, we, yes, the, the, uh, distraction, but distraction, you are more aware that it's a distraction. Time vampires, they sneak, and okay. they take the time out of you, and you're like, oh, I'm behind now. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, it, it became more aggressive. After I published a book, it became more aggressive, where yeah. like going to the grocery store bothers me. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's, I find that fascinating, yeah. But can we get what we want without doing it? Do you have to wash your car? Do you have to cut your own lawn? But Angel, I don't want to pay. Okay, can you do an activity that pay you twice as much as that? And then at least you're making more money instead of, you know. But it's not about money. It's not about money. I have two kids. Mm -hmm. I have to give them time. I have to give my wife time. Not only that, so a lot of people, a lot of people complain. I woke up at five, exercise. Most of the days I cooked breakfast for my family, went to the military, left from seven to five or six, depending on the day. Technically it was four, but you never left at four. Then they push the professional education, which I'm doing my master, I'm two classes away. That's crazy. Yeah. Then time for your wife, if you don't give her time, she will divorce you, guarantee. <laughs> then your kids, so tell me. Oh, I need to wash the car, cut the grass, do groceries, where the time? Mm. Do you sleep less? Do you don't look at your wife, don't you look at your kids, I gotta do homework. So, and somebody who's gonna scream watching this interview is gonna say, that's what you prioritize. Yeah, <laughs> even with prioritizing, something's gonna give. Yeah. Something's gonna give. So you have to start looking at what, if what you're doing is worth your time or not actually even better, do that step is necessary. Yeah. Do I need to go to the gas station and fill my car with gas? Because you need gas. 
Yeah. Or can somebody come here and put gas in your car? <laughs> or can you just be in the car and without getting out? Some steps are non, so in rapid improvement event, they call value added steps or non-value added steps. Mm -hmm. So you do a, a, a stream map, of, uh, a map, you map from beginning to end, every single step of the process in a, in a horizontal line. And then you, we take time, so tag time, how much it takes to, to go, go from one step to the second one. It's a decision point. So the, in decision points, that's when errors become, that's when you have to make an error, especially humans. So we try to eliminate decision points or uh, human errors. We try to eliminate steps, mm -hmm. streamline the process. Then mm -hmm. we re evaluate again, see if we can out move some internal processes out outside automate some sections and then we streamline a little bit more and then that's when you have and you're not going to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> but i suppose that's that's really the the hallmark of every great entrepreneur is that they look at life like that they look at everything as a problem or a, you know look at their pain points and how they can uh, improve right now my time my priority is my family mm -hmm. and travel okay and obviously, travel is my me time. I love traveling. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm by myself, my family is number one. I am not, if I'm taking a time away from my family, it better be for a really good reason. <laughs> if I don't have to do it, let's automate it, let's eliminate it, let's outsource it, you yeah. know. But that, doing that process, if you map out that something that you do, whether it's a podcast, a video, a promotion, you go into the grocery store and you start adding the time, you will be like, wow, really? How many times I do this? It gets to the, it gets to the point that I have friends that even streamline where the utensils in the kitchen go because it, they, are, they, they are in this corner. It gets that bad, yes, because they, they save. It's like knowing a shortcut key. Why you use shortcut keys? because it saves you a second or two, but yeah. it adds up. Yes. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite um, productivity hacks or you know, time-saving tips? I think the biggest problem that people have is with distractions. Mm -hmm. time, time vampires, so eliminating distraction has been a constant challenge for me. Whether I'm working on a foot, out of a foot core or out of home, uh, also the chasing the new shiny object, you know, having 50 tabs open, like not yeah. putting a focus on to what the single task that you're doing. It's really, yes. ch it's, ch it's hard for a lot of people, for me as well sometimes. But I think because we're all human, once you become aware of the situation, you're like, okay, let me copy and paste because it's this internal thing that if you don't see that bookmark or that tab, it's like you're missing out. <laughs> So how I solve that issue, because I, so, I used to suffer from that big time, is once I find myself that I open 20 tabs one more time, and I, okay, Angel, what are you doing? I copy and paste the link into a note, into my uh, uh, journal, mm -hmm. and then I close them out. And that feeling that I'm missing out is no longer there because yeah. I, I can't see them later. But the truth is, Elliot, weeks pass, and you don't click on those things. Yeah, yeah, I know. I do it myself. I do it on my phone. <laughs> but you have to get that feeling out of that that you're missing out. Yeah. If not, it's going to bug you, and then you become unproductive. 
So by copying and pasting in some place, you remove that feeling that you're missing out uh -huh. and you can press on with, yes. the, with your work. Yeah. Um, but there are other, you know, I think the biggest lesson or the biggest thing I can share with entrepreneurs is systemizing everything that you do to the process, to the point that you feel that you, one day you can step out and somebody can do what you do. Yeah. Because then you can transition from an entrepreneur to an actual business owner. That's awesome. Good stuff. Lots of good, good bits <laughs> of advice in there. I think it's, it's something that I've kind of spoken to a few people about this actually is you started, or certainly you've been producing YouTube content for a number of years now. And it's like, because you've done that for so long and you've had to think of so many topics to create videos, there's probably not that many things that you haven't considered or things that you don't know about yourself. So how did you originally start, or I suppose why did you originally start producing YouTube content? What was the driver? I started answering clients' questions. So I do have a lot of unlisted videos, and I still do. I still answer, even to my teachers in my, in my college, I, I still got the email, you are the first student that answered with a video. <laughs> and I've been teaching for 22 years. I found that it was easier for them to watch a screencast of me logging into an email account or teaching them something than me writing an email, click here, do this, do that. And probably that helped me to get a little bit more comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah. But I found that that now looking back, I think that was my downfall, and I'll tell you why. I'm too serious in camera, and I'm not a serious person. I'm the funny guy, the jokes. Anybody that had a personal relationship with me yeah. or worked with me, they know that I'm the guy that sparked the room. Like, we're having the best day ever. <laughs> but on, on video, I'm like, <laughs> and probably because I, it's been that, for so long I just created that type of, content I'm teaching you these it wasn't in YouTube you have to when you do blogs and when you do when you do videos if you are at this level you have to 10 times that you gotta be like oh yeah yeah that's YouTube <laughs> and somebody's gonna say oh but that's fake but that that exactly is exactly what you need to do if you want your videos to succeed you have to be 10 times your loudness, your voice, your your personality, because that's, just imagine, you can't watch a video that is like, okay, today we're gonna talk about this. No, what? okay, next video. <laughs> yeah. But if you're looking at somebody that is jumping all over the place and it's funny and it's kicking somebody and it's, you're yeah. gonna be, what? And yeah. that's what catch people's attention. <laughs> but that's how I started. But so, even today when I produce short videos, so I don't think, and you, we, we had this conversation, I don't mm -hmm. think people fully appreciate, mm -hmm. people that are not doing videos, how much time takes to produce a blog. But you're hyper aware of it though, because you're so, so keen on cutting out waste. <laughs> you know, I'm making a point, I'm, I'm uploading daily, mm -hmm. but I'm making a point March 20 this year, I said I'm going to upload daily videos for a year and see what happens. But in order for me to do that, I have to shrink the time. And 
I wanted to turn it into something useful, like a lesson learned. If I, if I record my whole day, like a lot of people do out there, yeah. it takes four to six hours to edit a video. Yes. Really? <laughs> and somebody's gonna say, but that's how you have a thousand views. I'm like, but that person is single, yeah, uh, yeah. has no wife, <laughs> no relationship, and his only li life is producing a video. And you and I know a lot of people like that. And yeah. I'm not saying that a married person can't do it. It just, so you, if you run a business, if you have clients, if you have to answer email, if you have to write a blog post, if you have to, you know, something has to give, just like we mentioned before, mm -hmm. which one's gonna be high priority? So either recording whole blog or creating a super uber duper great short video. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sticking <laughs> with the short video. The other, the other thing, sorry to interrupt you there, is what's interesting. You can spend so long on cultivating this masterpiece to put out onto social media and it gets virtually no traction. Whereas you can produce something that by your standards you think is just, you know, appalling. And it, it goes like viral. <laughs> so one thing that I learned, I went to the first Europe VidCon yeah, uh, a couple of weeks gonna, ago. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about this. And the reason I think that happened is because people can perceive that you are not perfect, you're being authentic, that's your true self. And when you're too polished, then uh. it's, it turns, most people off, so you don't get the views or the uh, the reaction that you expect. So okay. I think once I'm actually fully out of the military and the true angel comes out, then my views will spike a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So for somebody that is looking to start producing YouTube videos or producing their own content, what advice would you give them? Just do it. And, and recently I was speaking with somebody that has produced videos, but is going through similar to hiccups and challenges that new people face. Mm -hmm. How my hair looks, how my shirt looks, what people will say about me. Do I sound okay? Get over yourself. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> I love the Fast and the Furious movie but there are plenty of people that don't like it. Mm. Doesn't matter how master, how flawless you think your video is, or your hair, or your nails, or your glasses, your sneak, doesn't matter, somebody's not gonna like it. What are you going to do when you get the first dislike? At the end of the day, the, I learned something on Bitcoin through a guy, a YouTuber called Susie. He said, would you, and I think this is a game changer for me because I never thought about it in this way. Mm -hmm. We all think that we create great content because we create it. Mm -hmm. We create that so we, we have some emotional, in, emotional investment, investment yeah. on it. But if you had not emotional <laughs> investment, if you had nothing to do with the creation of that piece of content, that video, that blog post, would you share it? If the answer is no, then that blog post, that video is not that great mm -hmm. to your standards, mm -hmm. not anybody else's. At the end of the day, you have to be okay with the, pro the you have to be happy. Yeah. 
Yes. You might not look great on video, but what you're saying, the message, and you get better. You know, the light gets better. The audio mm -hmm. gets better. Mm -hmm. Your angles get better. Your maybe equipment, you have some fun, and you eventually upgrade your equipment. But start with your phone. You know, you don't have to wait until you buy a DSLR camera. Talk about you, where you grew up, the movie you watch, and, and see what people start, you know, liking. If, if, you, if you have no idea, but if you know exactly what you want to do, just go for it. But if yeah. you have no idea, you know, things that you don't like, controversial things. I watched this movie. I didn't like it. My favorite travel bag. Hmm. Um, I hate my mom. You know, doesn't matter. It's yeah. your channel. They're coming there to watch you. Just talk whatever you want and see what people start gravitating towards more. Yeah. And then stay true to yourself but then produce more of what they like so for some yeah. reason and i'm and I'm, i haven't taken that up this advice myself because i'm actually pushing against it my most popular videos are about microphones and tech equipment i don't want to do tech reviews there are so many tech review channels out there yeah. but those yeah. are my most popular ones it's like one it has like 8,000 views and it's about a microphone and and yeah. and I think my current videos are way better than that mm -hmm. <laughs> But what's interesting and, and we've kind of spoken about this as well is that the your driver Isn't really about likes and followers. No What is it that really drives you? So at the end of the day, I do have a core business behind it. Mm-hmm all style business, so radio stations. Nobody listen. Well, a lot of people listen to radio station, but in reality, not as much as they used to before. Yeah. Why businesses advertise on radio station? Brand awareness. Mm -hmm. So blogs, videos. At the end of the day, social media posts. If you are not selling, you're creating that brand awareness. You're telling people, "Hey, I'm still here." Mm. I'm, you show proof, social proof, you're working on a website, you did this website, you created this video, you have a studio set up, you know what you're doing, people are seeing it, and you're not asking for a dime, you're not asking for anything. It's between now and then, just by doing that, somebody's gonna say, you know what, I wanna do something similar, I need help on that, can you help me? Business. But after you give so much free content, there's gonna be a day that's gonna be like, you know what, I know, that if I give you this repurposing checklist, you're going to, and you follow it, mm -hmm. you are going to maximize your time, you're gonna expose your con your efforts 10 times. But if I give it to you for free, you're not gonna use it. So you know what, I'm gonna do you a favor, I'm gonna charge you 10 bucks. Hmm. Be and, and, and a lot of people will say, they're watching, but give it to you, give it to them for free. I did this, I have done this test many times and I prove it to a lot of people. Unless you are actually invested on it, whether it's financially or you did something like uh, you have to share the, the blog post or you have to do something in order to get it, you're not going to use it. A lot of, the majority of people are not going to use it. There are going to be a handful that will use it, but it's a very small percentage. Yeah. So my, I do have a core business behind it. So my, I have Data Viking, we provide, uh, we, we started as a web design, web hosting company. Actually, it started as a f five star host. We sold the company. The company, they rebranded and they lost all our clients. And after, it, yeah. <laughs> and 10 months later, 
uh, I, I acquired it back with permission of my wife, of course, of course. <laughs> and we started again, but our focus was mainly website upkeeping. So I moved away from the cheap hosting, the five to $10 hosting. I proved that scenario to many people in the past. You can charge $5 to somebody, $100 for the same account, and the $5 customer will call you 15 times, open 15 support tickets, and the, and the $100 customer will uh, do it once. And I've done it multiple scenarios. The reason is this person values their time more. <laughs> yeah. This person don't. So which customer do you want? Mm -hmm. Somebody's gonna take this one. Don't, don't worry about it. Just refer them to somebody else, somebody else and earn that affiliate referral income. Mm -hmm. Simple as that, whoever is selling $5 account. Mm -hmm. But throughout my time, I realized that, let's say I'm helping a doctor, the doctor doesn't have time to update their blog post, share to social media. They don't have the time. Yeah. So those, those are the people that I help. People that don't have the time, that they, even if they know how to do it, they rather me doing it. Like I'm helping an engineer company in Puerto Rico. The guy's technology inclined, he knows. And there's sometimes he's like, Angel, don't worry about it, take care of it. But nine times out of 10, he sent me a text and I take care of it. That's the clients I want. The clients that trust me that I'm going to get it done. So mm -hmm. that's, that's my business. I have a small business in Puerto Rico that provides backup to pharmacies and, and doctors for the HIPAA law, the, the, the privacy law. So we is off the off 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 site data backup. I was looking for the word for it. <laughs> that, this is bad. Off site data backup. That small one. Then through Angel Anderson, I have a couple of scripts and I do consultation here and there. But now we open marketing solutions in Florida, mm -hmm. and that's mainly is going to be sales and marketing to help business. So if I share a marketing strategy that is working on Facebook mm -hmm. with a client, and somebody in the local area sees it, that's you know I'm not selling on YouTube, but it's proof it's working. I'm showing results. However, that doesn't mean that I'm not gonna sell on YouTube. I do once in a while, but I yeah. give more than what I ask. I don't have the need. A lot of people have told me, Angel, you have to get more employees. Uh, you have to do this. I've been that route. Hmm. A lot, some people know at one point we had 17 employees when we were in Las Vegas. You have 17 babies. That's what you have. You have to deal with people taking smoke breaks. You have to deal with people not showing up to work. You have yeah. to deal with people checking their Facebook page when you, they're at work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. No. No. So I decided that this business is going to be a lifestyle business. It's not going to be about how many customers we get. It's about it's going to be the, about the you know the right amount mm -hmm. that we can help that allows me to have freedom. And then eventually my, my mission or my, my goal is to give one, a business to each of my kids, give them that advantage, you know, that push in, uh, in life. However, I think what my oldest one, I'm pushing him more to the military. I think yeah. they don't, my, my wife will not agree with me, but I think people, most people, most males, mm -hmm. and nothing against females, nothing like that, because you can join, but actually let me rephrase that, most people, males or females, 
they need to serve the military. They need to serve a cause greater than themselves, mm -hmm. and they need to be they need to follow orders for a little bit of time without having a say so in order for them to truly appreciate what they have at home. When you have to when you have when you're told by somebody younger than you that you have to be at five o'clock in the morning uniform to do exercise when you are know that you're wasting your time because you're there because only messed somebody else messed up but we are one, one team, one fight, then you start appreciating more. And when you get out, you are a straight person. You are like, I know what I need to do and yeah. I'm going to succeed. You have that discipline. Mm -hmm. I didn't have discipline before I joined the service. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised how vocal you are. You know, your opinions are, you, I think that everything that you've said is absolutely spot on. I totally agree with you. But I didn't expect you to have such firm opinions <laughs> <laughs> and i think because it's like i said people see me online and i'm yeah. i'm more serious but uh yeah i'm not that guy really no, no, yeah no, yeah <laughs> so i mean your 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 content certainly your youtube content your facebook content is some of the most polished that i've seen um it's, it's honestly you. of an exceptionally high standard what are your favorite social media platforms um, and what are some of your favorite, I suppose, tools or resources for creating good content? Facebook by far. Yeah? Facebook by far. <laughs> Not only because my family and friends are there, but you have the ability to send a message to anybody mm -hmm. and see if they saw it. <laughs> and if you have a page, you have statistics like age and you know you, you name shopping habits and but to be able to you know when it was the last time you actually messaged every single friend of yours on Facebook and told them I have this podcast this video show who you know that who you think should be on my show And you're blushing right now, so probably you haven't done it. No. But, but a lot of people don't, you know, they have businesses and they're struggling, but they don't reach out to the immediate network. Facebook is right there. You probably have a thousand, cost, a thousand friends. And even if a hundred reply with answer, that's a hundred new clients. Yeah. Once in a while, when I think the numbers are not going to be okay, I say, I send them whether it's in Facebook or through your email signature. P.S. I have this show. Do you, can you, do you know anybody that can be there? You send emails every day and people don't use their email signature for, at the full extent. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have that, like, do you need a website update or do you know anybody that needs a website update? And people reply, I will get back to you tomorrow. And I'm like, why he replied with that? And I'm like, what? And I reply, oh, because of what you said in the beginning. And that's something that I had for weeks there. People reply and people read your PS. <laughs> so on Facebook, sometimes I'm like, okay, do you, you know, hey, I saw you have a website, you need a content update. Um, or your website is it taking, it's taking 15 seconds to load, you want me to help it, fix it. Or you should do this, you know. Or I, on Facebook, when I send messages, I try to, especially to the people that I know, I try to get straight to the point. Uh, I, I don't try to be like, 
well, you know, no. I know you're busy. You know, Elliot, I noticed this on your website. Do you have time to fix it or you want me to fix it? You know, I'm straight to the point. And it works for, I haven't had any complaints, but yeah. People don't, you know, that's yeah, your yeah. network. Yeah, it's true. It's your network. Your, your, what is it they say? Your network is your net worth. <laughs> and and I know people that have like 5,000 friends or so-called Facebook friends. I tend to limit my, my, my interaction on my personal page to mm -hmm. actually people that I have met. Uh, yeah. But I know, you know, who really knows 5,000 people? I know people that can't add anybody else because they have 5,000 people. There's quite a lot of people like that yeah. nowadays, yeah. yeah. My high school was big and, and I pretty much have my hometown. Like oh, everybody I grew up and they know and, and I send them, you know, I send them messages. But it's not just about business. You know, I do send messages and I say, hey, you know, how, how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Mm -hmm. I hope you're doing okay. And, and, you know, Facebook tells you even when the person's birthday is, if just in case you forgot. Because many years ago, every single client I had, I added, I found their birthday and I put it in my, in my content, in my calendar. <laughs> and I remember to this day, the best example is I called this realtor lady. And I said, hey, Christine, I just want to wish you happy birthday. And she was so touched because I didn't pitch any any products or services or anything like that. Mm -hmm. She never left. Until this day, they're still a client. And she tells me it was for that reason. I just call, hey, I just want to wish you happy birthday. I'm in Puerto Rico, by the way, so I can't talk long, but I want to wish you happy birthday. And I hang up. But now, you don't have to add them to your calendar. Facebook tells yeah. you. Yeah. But sometimes people just say, click the, you know, like the LinkedIn or the default LinkedIn or, or Facebook message, like the happy birthday. And they don't, you know, come on, customize it. Put some thought, send them a video. Hey bro, Elliot, I hope you left me a cake and you're not drinking all the whiskey. I will see you soon. You know, something like that. It will mean more to you than the standard. I'm sure everybody gets those. My birthday was in March. I'm sure I got a hundred of those default messages. I know, at least they clicked it. I need to be grateful. But if you really want to touch people, put an effort in it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Angel. Good stuff. Good stuff. So you're moving back, or you're moving to um, Florida soon. Uh, and obviously, marketing will be a, a major part of that. What are your longer term plans for it? What do you, what do you hope for it? I w first of all, I, I, would I would love to stay here, mm -hmm. but we can't. So. Mm -hmm. The, the, in order for me to stay here is very challenging. So the, ease, the, the solution now is we're moving back. Eventually my wife wants to move back to Europe. Probably it's gonna be like seven years when the, kid, the kids leave uh, school. But my, in Florida, I'm going to hit the floor running. I love selling. <laughs> I love interacting with people. I'm going to I have a list of uh, people that I'm going to talk right away. I already looked their website. I already know what they're selling. I know people that are in business in 2017 that have no website. Uh, people that have no activity on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. um, and I would love to produce videos for more people. Excuse me. Non 
sales video, but at the end of the day, what makes me happy is creating something. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether it's the images, a website, video, even wood, woodworking that I've been doing, that makes me so happy and gives me peace. But business owners don't need woodworking and I need to feed my family. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna maintain their website and make mm-hmm. sure, but it's not about the website in a sense, in true reality, you and I know that it's not about the website. What the website provides is more clients or a, I do a lot of intranets for businesses. So that provides a, a way that they can train their people, create their videos. Like I've done uh, training for optometry. So they, I go and I record how they do the product so they can int- in train the next new person that comes in. Mm-hmm. Big businesses provide this introduction. You go to Walmart, you go to any big business and you go, yeah. you sit down for a day to a week and you do that. Small mm-hmm. businesses, mom and pop shop, they don't have that. Mm. And, you know, I should have kept that, that secret quiet. <laughs> but I've done quite a few of those. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a lot of value with what you and, and everybody have that they can provide tools, resources. It doesn't matter what it is. A, a small conversation with somebody can share the light to you're doing something. I can show you how can you do it better. Mm-hmm. Oh, Eddie, you don't have time? Okay, can I do it? Okay, I charge you because obviously I got to charge you. Mm-hmm. But I'm providing value. Yeah. 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 As long as I'm happy. I'll be okay. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Okay, well, we might find out uh, what makes you happy in a minute. Um, you know, I've, I've absolutely loved finding out more about you, um, hearing some of your views, which I certainly didn't expect, um, but I'd really like to kind of go a bit deeper and, and get your views on some of the more uh, philosophical, I suppose, topics that we like to talk about here. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, as I say, the show is very much about it's about purpose. It's about um, finding out about, you know, what is it the thing that really drives people? What's their, their reason for being? What do you feel is your own purpose? Be a positive force on other people's life. Yeah. Uh, might sound lame. I think uh, while there are valid reasons why you might be, should be sad or down, there might be medical reason, they might be, you know, some people have real reason. The majority of people that I meet, they have no reason why they're going to be sad. They just like to complain about stuff. Yes. So I try to make it the best day ever. (laughs) It makes me happy. I used to be a very grumpy person, very, very grumpy person. Like, like people used to tell me like, why are you looking mad at me? I just, my normal Face was like, one, I, I haven't thought about when it actually changed, mm-hmm. but I changed in happiness. Why you don't want to be happy? Mm-hmm. Why, <laughs> why, why people don't want? Yeah. But, you know, I have met people that go to Disney World. Let me give you a quick scenario, and I know you're going to agree with me. You and I go to Disney World. This is a somebody, let's say, Somebody just like us go, Elliot, I went to Disney World and three, uh, three out of the five days rain. I had a miserable time. And you are like, 
that's nothing, Angel. Four out of the five days when I went, it was raining. So people complete, compete for who has it worse. Yeah. I'm like, why? <laughs> that's a good question. Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not, it shouldn't be difficult for most people to find a reason to be happy. I think we, as a society, doesn't matter where you're from, mm -hmm. we tune out the things that we have every day. Yes. Like a hot shower, mm -hmm. like the smell of coffee or tea, mm -hmm. like the taste of a good steak mm. uh, or whiskey or, you know, because we have it. Mm -hmm. But yes, maybe, you know, uh, I'm, I could say it's not the best day for X, Y, C, but it is the best day because, oh man, I got this cup of coffee and it's amazing. So I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not, I'm not living in a bubble that I say that everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. I choose to shift my attention yes. to the things that are great because those are the things that make me happy. Yes, I can put my attention that was bad, mm -hmm. but why? <laughs> Especially, and this is the other <laughs> fucked up part, is that people tend to be grumpy and complain and be sad, things that are out of their control. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> if it's out of your yeah. control, uh -huh. <laughs> so I have this saying that I tell a lot of people, if it's within your control, do something about it. If it's out of your control, then don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Say fuck it, just, <laughs> do something else. Yeah, but it's uh, that's the typical answer I get is, "But I care." True, I, I get it. You care, but mm -hmm. what can you do? Mm -hmm. Nothing. So mm -hmm. why you worry about it? Yeah, I, that doesn't. Say, you know, you not doing anything of something that is out of your control doesn't say anything about your personality or or, or what you care or don't care about because you can't do nothing about it. Yeah. Hey, you're absolutely spot on. I honestly couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think you would like your legacy to be? I want people to say, he helped me yeah. in something. So, like I said, say at the beginning, my dad died when I was two. Mm -hmm. But one constant theme that I hear people that met him is that he was a good guy. He helped whether it was building a basketball, uh, hanging a basketball hoop, mm -hmm. or cooking for somebody, he helped. I haven't heard a negative thing about my dad yet. And I never met him. Well, I was two years old. Yeah. So I want people to say the exact same thing about Angel. He, whether it's a tool, resource, an advice, or something, he helped me. Nice. How do you think your life might have been different if your father was in it? Oh, that's an excellent question because I never thought about that. Uh, it was really tough for me, probably when I was around second grade, seeing my friends playing with dads and, mm -hmm. not, and not having... Uh, I remember even my mom took me to a psychologist, psychiatrist, uh, just to... Because I, at that point I became very angry, uh, but... It, it was tough. I was crying a lot when I was a little kid uh, That uh, for a time. Yeah. My mom's solution was to keep me busy. 
So she put me into a swimming team, water polo team, taekwondo, judo, you name it. Every sport you can think of, I did. And she kept me busy. Once the sport stopped, that's when I started getting in trouble because I had this free time and I had all these, I don't know. But with my dad, that's a great question. Never thought about it. I probably would not be in the military mm. because my family is against the military. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They take that back. My grandpa is pro-military. So it's funny. My family is all different sizes, but my mom is pro-independence of the United States. Okay. Um, and my grandpa is pro. So her dad is pro-United States, pro-statehood. So okay. when, it, when it's politics season, it's a fiasco in my house. It's, yeah. it's amazing. So my grandma, <laughs> my grandma and me put them to fight. Really? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny. <laughs> How do you define success? I'm successful. I, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear you say that, like, or somebody uh, say that. For me, it's a constant state of happiness and pe having peace in my life is having success. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the wife and the partner and the friend that I have in Noelia. She brings me down. She brings that peace that I need. They, she takes the chaos away and that peace is... I don't think a lot of people have peace in their life. Mm -hmm. Whether it's through calmness or because you know there is no yelling or screaming in the house or... Look, you know, we can we can quantize it or we can say, you know, I'm the probably the only friend in my in my neighborhood from my immediate circle of friends that got a master's degree or the only one that joined the military and seen the world. You can quantize you can say success is traveling or kids or having healthy a healthy life. It's in, it's personal for everybody, mm -hmm. but I found that peace brings me joy it just mm. i will not change that's the only thing i will not change out of my life the peace that i have right now i give anything else i, I if i have to sell the business i sell the business but the peace i will not change it i will not do anything to jeopardize the peace that i have in my business in my life <laughs> it's i don't know why people live with chaos yeah i don't know yeah I don't know. <laughs> it's a bizarre personal choice. So when when that conversation comes uh, with friends, I tell them, do you want to drive a car without power steering? <laughs> yes, you can. As a matter of fact, I make it more simple. Sometimes I say, "Would you? do you want power windows or you want roll-up windows? Yeah. And yes, you can do... The roll-up window, but why? <laughs> you can drive a car without power steering, and I've driven cars without power steering. It's yeah, a pain. Yeah. But why? <laughs> so, power steering, power windows, uh, you could say it's the peace in your life. You can live the other way, but why? Yeah. <laughs> Who or what inspires you? I think it's a lot of people. You know, a, a lot of people and a lot of, I've seen people do the right thing when nobody's looking, 
Mm -hmm. And that is like, sometimes it gives me that pain in the chest or like, you should be doing that. Mm. So it's one of my values, like do the right thing when nobody's looking. Mm -hmm. uh, different people, different throughout my life. I, I can't pinpoint, or I, can, I don't want to give you a name because there's so many. Yeah. Uh, so many leaders in the military, especially in the military, that, that are true leaders that do the right thing when nobody's looking, mm. that bend over backward for somebody that doesn't deserve it because they want to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Or they go out and clean, pull weeds when they are the top highest ranking, when they have somebody lowest ranking, and they make you feel like shit because you are his supervisor and you're not out there uh, cleaning weeds. Yeah. But also you have to look, I have to look, my mom, my dad died, she worked, she never dated anybody else, she worked for my sister and me, she gave us a great life, mm -hmm. my grandpa, my grandma, my grandpa picked me up at school every day and took me to my grandma's house so I can eat because my mom worked late, my mom is an accountant, and then dropped me off from my house. The sacrifice that they did to and they still do because if I go home, I know, I know they're gonna call me and they're like, "What you wanna eat today?" You know, it's like they always taking. It's good people. They, this world still has good people, mm -hmm. and and uh, I think there are more good people than bad people. It's just TV, radio, and the internet and the news tend to highlight the, the bad people more often. Definitely. But there are more good people than bad people. I love yeah. hearing that. Good stuff. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Taking perfect action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's we get hung up on, I gotta read the next book, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. Microsoft rolls, a billion dollar company, rolls out a, pro, a product, Apple, doesn't matter who, and then a week later, they do an update. They took imperfect action, they got momentum. Yes. And I think yeah. we fail to gain momentum by trying to perfect what we do. Mm -hmm. We need to put it out of the world, get feedback, and modify from it. <laughs> Excellent. Great answer to that. I like that a lot. Um, if you had the opportunity to speak to the 20 year old you, what would you say? Get better friends. Yeah? Well, I was in the military back then, so I would have to say, if I have to speak to my younger self, the 20 year old, I, was, I joined the military once, I almost turned 19, so I was in the military. Uh, so my circle of influence was different. Mm -hmm. But it still applies, get better friends. I think we seek to eat healthy, to exercise, or do whatever, we seek better habits, but we fail to be more proactive and seek better friends. Mm. We tend to be like, oh, but you know, he's the neighbor, he's nice, you know, sorry, he don't have any friends. I heard my mom say, but you know, he's, he don't have any friends, so go and hang out with him. No. We need to seek better people, better people in our life, a better circle of influence. Mm -hmm. If I have to say that, that would definitely change my whole life. I probably would not be even be here if I had better friends. <laughs> I don't know. Who, who knows? Because the conversations are different. You have a conversation with a broke friend or with somebody that you just met that is wealthy, and the conversation is different. Mm -hmm. you, have a, you go to lunch with somebody that eats healthy, and you, the first day you're gonna eat BK or McDonald's, the second day might you eat something, but eventually you're gonna start eating healthy. Mm -hmm. So that, this, the friends, so my mom used to tell me, 
Dime con quién andas y te diré quién eres. Tell me with who, with, with who you hang out and I'm going to tell you with who you are. Mm. But I never listened to her because her because she didn't I didn't understood. Yes. It, it maybe didn't appeal. I, I didn't get it. I, so her saying was if she, if she didn't like the person I was hanging out with, she'd say that. Or oh, he's a thief or he's a liar and that's what you're going to become. But the same thing applies. If you have lunch constantly with somebody that eats healthy, you're going to start eating healthy eventually. Yeah. If you hang out with healthy or fitness, fit people, eventually you're going to start either going to the gym or running. So having better a better circle of influence is mm -hmm. going to make you a better person, no matter what. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> if you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? In the world? Yeah. Wow. Anything in the world. If I had a magic wand or, you know what? If I had a magic wand, I would, one thing that I truly, I don't want to say hate, but I really don't like is complaining. People complaining. But in true honesty, we do need every type of personality in the world. We, this the world needs to be, this, uh, it, we need everybody. Uh, I will not change anything. There is a lot of suffering and we can talk about suffering and we can t talk about ending the fam or, you know, there are a lot of reasons. Mm. I'm not saying that they, I'm not, definitely they don't deserve it. But what would you change? If people suffering, you know, if you have to change something. But something that personally bothers me, people complaining. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Especially when people don't do anything. Yeah. I have a headache. Have you taken a pill? No. What are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah. Take a pill. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure you heard that one before. Oh, well, I heard it from you about 20 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> but you're absolutely right, yeah. yeah. Uh, people need to... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole thing of you know, practicing gratitude or just looking for reasons to be positive and happy rather than just simply to fall into the, oh, my life's so bad because of, because it probably isn't. You you are the one that is in control to bring yourself up. Yes. You can't, if you rely on other, I, I know people, I, I know people that need somebody in order to be happy. Mm. But what happened with that person is not, what are you going to yeah. do? I think you need to, I think the best way to approach this is you find your, how you are going to be happy with what you do, with who you are, with the things that you have. So that, that you know, I switched that. I used to be very materialistic. I used to be like, I have a Rolex watch um, or a car. I'm eating outside, I'm, you know, the clothes that I wear. Mm -hmm. and, and when I got divorced, I realized those things are gone like this. And they don't make you happy. They truly don't make you because you have nothing to show up for. When I started dating my wife, Noelia, you know, I this is what I like, this is what I don't like. I, I didn't want to make the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so we made a point to create experiences, but to be grateful for what we have instead of what we want. And that mm -hmm. uh, that made a big, big difference in our relationship. We, I have peace at home. I, Ah, peace. I don't change that for nothing in this world. Yeah. yeah. Love you, mama. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Angel, it's been so much fun uh, talking to you. Um, it's thank you so much for coming up and making this happen. It's been honestly brilliant. I've I've thank enjoyed you. spending time with you thank so you. much. You are such a happy guy. And, thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, it's it's been great. Thank you. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and find us on social media and leave us a review on iTunes. Many thanks.